Shades of a black boy, of a black boy, of a black boy rainbow A little bit of this and that boy, this and that boy, of a black boy rainbow Shades of a black boy, of a black boy, of a black boy rainbow Black, clear, unapologetic Shades of a, shades of a, shades of a, shades of a black boy rainbow Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, I'm finally doing this. I am doing a podcast. So bear with me. I've never done this before and it might take me a second to get the hang of this whole podcast thing with all the mics and the software and the editing and all of that. So it's just going to get better, but feel free to uh, give me feedback because that definitely is going to help me in this process of building out this podcast and potentially community. I am Jojo. I'm going to be your one and only host of this podcast of Shades of a Black Boy Rainbow. And this is our first episode. This is going to be Shades of a Black Boy intro. And I'm just going to give you guys a little insight into who I am, why I'm doing this in the first place, and what the podcast is going to be about. I think it's really important to give context about what what we're going to cover, um, just to make sure that people are all on the same page. And yeah, you might hate it. You might be like, fuck this. I don't want to listen to this shit. Uh, Jojo's fucking crazy. Or, you know, why the fuck would you say that? And, and people don't talk about these things, but that's the whole reason why we're making this podcast in the first place. So, um, again, my name is Jojo. I'm many things, brother, son, uncle, veteran, athlete, friend, everything. Um, but most importantly, I am black, I am queer, and I am a 30-year-old man who is uh, also a boy. And black men have been robbed of their boyhood on a regular basis. And so I am conti- continually uh, keeping that boy inside of me and am going to continue to protect him as I continue to grow older because I don't want to lose that that boyish charm and that that boy wonder that does live inside me. And I don't think any other uh, male identifying person should either. I am a very opinionated person, uh, as you will learn as we go through this process of me building out this podcast. And I can't tell you how many times that my opinions have gotten me into trouble with authority figures. Um, sometimes you just have to say it. Uh, and um, yeah. Sometimes I just say it too too loud, and and I mean whatever. I, I'm here, <laughs> and um, and I'm I'm doing just fine. Uh, luckily that you know nothing bad has happened, uh, as far as me talking too much, uh, to authority figures. But um, yeah, but this will be a safe space at least for me, and every opinion that's on this uh, podcast is going to be of my own. So if you don't agree with me, that's totally fine. Let's let's have a conversation about it. I would love to entertain conversations from other people about things that have uh, developed in their lives, and also things that we potentially could bring up that need to be addressed that I may have a blind spot on, and and that's what this space is supposed to be about. I don't think black voices get enough recognition and I think black queer voices definitely don't get enough recognition and hopefully uh, starting this podcast can pump up the volume for queer black voices everywhere and other people of color as well. Um, Yeah, 2020 was a shitty year. It was shitty. 
for many reasons, for work, uh, social injustices, people decided that they wanted to pay attention to stuff now when people are dying all the fucking time. And I thought that eh, I was just getting a little bit frustrated with the performative allyship that people were showing, posting on social media, being very outspoken about Black Lives Matter and things like that, but knowing damn well in their personal and private lives that they do not practice the same damn things. And I mean, the reality is, is that people think that they can just pick and choose the the flavor of their racism. This isn't racist, but this is, even though there's a definition of racism and you can look it up in the dictionary and the the personal things that you do in your in your private life that you try to defend as not being racist does not change the fact that it actually is racism. So I just want to throw that out there and make that 100% clear. I don't care if you went to a Black Lives Matter protest. I don't care if you're talking about your standing in solidarity, if behind closed doors you are still practicing other forms of racial discrimination that you do not deem as racism because they make, I guess it makes you feel more comfortable about yourself. I don't, I don't know. But I want to be able to address those things. And I think it's really important for people to be able to look in the mirror and to become very self-aware of the things that they're doing and how they affect other people and correct that behavior because we will not move forward as individuals or as a community if we do not do that. And I make very strong efforts to do this because I go to therapy. I've been in therapy for four years. It's been life-changing for me. I have blind spots too. I just try to make sure that I work on them. So don't live in denial. And this podcast is going to cover a lot of topics like that, things that have been frequently swept under the rug and have not been addressed with enough volume in order to move the needle to create change. And if you found your way to this podcast, then you were either looking for something very specific or you may know me personally. And if you know me personally, I might have had a conversation with someone about some of these topics or... I have, might have given you a crazy look and walked away from you because you're nuts. Yeah. I, I can't hide the, the emotions on my face. I can sometimes hold the words back, but I just have to get away from you so they don't just fly out of my mouth. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it happens uh, more often than you might think. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's important to be real with people as best as you can. I don't intentionally try to offend anyone, even if I'm checking you and trying to tell you that you're doing something that is hurtful or wrong or that something that has individually hurt me. But I will tell you straight up to your face and I won't sugarcoat it because I think it's really important to address those things just head on as to what you did wrong, how it affects me and that how it affects a larger community of people that don't look like you or don't look like either of us, but that shit's still wrong. And I saw, I heard on another podcast, it was, um, I'm not gonna say the name of the podcast because I don't want to get anybody in trouble or anything like that, but they they were saying something about like, I mean, it was very uh, anti-white, but it was also saying that like people of color are can't be racist. And I think one of the things that a big blind spot is that the fact that there is um, systemic racism and there's individual racism. And I think that people of color can totally be racist towards other people of color. I've seen it happen 
And I think that that's, that's also a blind spot. I mean, I've seen Asian people who don't like black people and I've seen black people that don't like Asian people. And I've seen Latino people who don't like black people. And there are, there are people of color that don't like other people of color for stereotypical reasons that they have created in their head of the generalizations of negative behavior that these people behave this way or they act this way or they do these things. And I mean, example with COVID, like that Asian people have, you know, are walking around with, with COVID and they're spreading COVID and it's the China virus and things like that. That's bullshit. That's total and complete bullshit. But I mean, people bought into that and it's kind of insane how negative stereotypes of people of color can just spread like wildfire and nobody does anything to correct it or they just continue to make jokes about it and it just becomes normalized. And one of the things that really frustrates me is that people make things normal that should not be normal. It's like, oh, it's just a joke. Some things just should not even be a joke. Like... I mean, I'm not a comedian by any means, but I think it's mm, frustrating when people take jokes that were created by a person of color about their own people and then repeat them and then make them more offensive than they were to begin with. And I don't know, joking about your own ethnic background and your own like people, that's one thing in stereotypes, but when other people do it, it's just like, you're kind of out of place. I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. Like it's, it's a little bit weird for me to be able to entertain that. And sometimes I just, I just kind of like shake my head and it's like, this is not, I don't know. This is not funny. Um, but I want to hear people's experiences. I I mean, you know, I want to welcome anybody to this podcast who wants to listen and you don't necessarily need to be black. You don't necessarily need to be queer. And if you have insight that could be useful to another person, some type of experiences that you've seen in your personal life that you want to be able to share, I invite you to be able to have a conversation with me because I think it's important to be able to bridge those gaps between people who don't look like each other, or maybe they do look like each other. And we're exploring shades here. So it's the variances in these different topics. And it could be interracial dating. It could be racial preferences. It could be racism at work. It could be uh, income inequality. And you know, you could be wor- working the same job as somebody at your, at your company, and they could be making more money than you. And you, because you're a minority, you guys could have started around the same time, and they're making 10, 15, $20,000 more than you for the same position in the same work. And I think it's important to explore that. I think it's important to bring these topics up. I think people sweep them under a rug way too often. And, you know, it's this thing that's like, oh, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to cause problems with people. But these are not you causing problems. These are problems that already exist. These are problems that need to be nipped in the bud in order for them to go away. They need to be addressed with volume in order for them to go away. And if they if we don't do anything about it, then they're just going to continue to grow. And we're never, ever going to fix these problems that are built into this country. Sad, but true. Sad, but 100% true. And in addition to those other topics, like we're going to talk about like homo and heteronormativity, people making up things that are normal for different groups of people, not just race, but also like, like, you know, trans people behave this way. Black gay men are this way. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I think that it's really hard to go through life with people telling you how you're supposed to be or 
being surprised when you don't measure up to their stereotypes of who they think in their head that you're supposed to be. I can't tell you how many times someone has told me, oh, like you, you're so articulate. You speak this way or that way. They're surprised in the way that I present myself because I don't act like a black person. But I, I mean, black people are guilty of telling other black people that they're not black enough. And then there's also white people who will be surprised at the job that you have or the income that you have or the things about your life that don't measure up or don't add up for them. This doesn't make sense. Black people shouldn't have X job or I'm surprised that you make that this amount of money. I had one guy, this was when I was still working retail and I was working at freaking Safeway and this dude, I was a department manager and this dude came in. Mind you, this was a super white neighborhood. I'm not going to say what city it was, but it was in Northern California. And this white guy came up to the counter and ordered something. And he made sure that I made what he needed before he said what he said, because that would have been a bigger problem. It could have been a whole bigger problem. But he asked me how I escaped the. Well, actually, let, let me go back because I set this up in a way that is showing how it escalated in the first place. But he was curious where I was from. Where did you grow up? How long have you worked here? Do you like your job? How did you escape the urban jungle? What the fuck? What type of shit is that? Who the hell asked somebody that fucking question? I was probably like, I don't know, like probably 21, 22 at the time. I wanted to jump over the counter and chop him in his fucking throat. But you can't do that because then you're the angry black man that black people are going to fucking, you know, white people are going to complain. Black person gets fired. I'm like, okay, this motherfucker's not going to let me lose my job. So I'm just going to sit here and tell him to never, ever come back because I'm the manager of this motherfucking department and you're an asshole. And so you're not getting served here anymore because you're a bitch. That's basically how I felt about the whole situation. And he never came back. And I mean, whose fault is that? It's not my fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. And I had to plead my case to a store manager who was being a dick about the whole thing. Oh, like, you know, people say rude things all the time. I'm like, no, people need to be accountable for their behavior and they need to be held accountable to an extent that is appropriate for that type of behavior. So if you're going to come in here and be snark and snippy about me having a position at a a company that you're curious how I even got the damn job. Like, oh, how did this black person become a a department manager? Or like, how did this black person end up in this white neighborhood and become a department manager at the store? That's none of your fucking business. What the fuck did you want? And take what you needed and get the hell out the store. That's that's basically how I felt about the entire situation. I don't know. I, I think making excuses for people is where we get in trouble. You cannot continuously make excuses for people because, oh, like they didn't know, like, you know, there's just ignorance. If you are continuously making the same mistakes in, in saying things that are hurtful to people of color or to any group of people that it could be a, about sexual orientation, it could be about women, it could be about race, and you're continuously doing it over and over again, you obviously have not learned anything and you obviously do not give a fuck. Because if you did, you would do better and you would learn not to say the hurtful things that you do. And a lot of the time it just doesn't get called out. People get like, you know, slap on the wrist. Um, Oh, like, you know, they won't do it again. They made a mistake. And like, and it kind of goes back to that joke thing. Some jokes are not funny. 
Like some jokes are not fucking funny. And I think it's important to be able to address that deep enough to where it fosters change. And if people know, like, I mean, I've seen the, um, the rise of cancel culture be like, Oh, like cancel culture, like, you know, it's toxic. It's this, it's not, there's a difference between canceling people and there's a difference between holding people accountable and they have consequences. So if you do something or say something, you better be prepared for the consequences that are going to come along with what you did or said. And if you're not, then that says about a lot about you that you feel like that these consequences should not apply to you for whatever reason that is. Navigating life being black and queer is just hard. Um, people, they, I mean, they, they, they think of you in a lot of different ways. And I can only speak from my perspective of being black and queer. I can't speak from a, a Asian queer perspective or from a woman's perspective, but I would like to hear your point of view because I know that we probably face a lot of similar problems. And I know that a lot of the problems that I face, somebody might not necessarily face. And that is the reason why that I felt like, okay, I need to start something where I can share my stories, but also my opinions and perspectives in a way that people might be able to understand or be more open to listening to rather than feeling like they're being attacked or that their opinions are being diminished, even though a lot of those opinions have nothing to stand on whatsoever besides negative stereotypes and generalizations towards groups of people who don't deserve it. And I have to say that stepping into a world that treats people of color and and just individuals, and, and I would say me, this type of way is frustrating. I don't want to be put in a box. I don't want to be othered. I don't want to be seen as a cookie cutout of what a black queer man in his 30s should look like or behave like. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And for people who actually know me personally, they know I hate being told what to do. I am so stubborn and I've always done the opposite of what people wanted me to do. And that's worked for me in order to get me to a point where I'm able to just take care of myself. But everybody doesn't have that type of mentality and and it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting to be able to have to live that type of life every single day. Having to deal with toxic masculinity, homophobia on top of the racism, being fetishized, which I didn't even really realize when I was younger about being fetishized and how that is also a form of racism. I didn't know about that. And I also want to be able to talk about that on this podcast too, because there was conversations that had um, that, that happened about the shooting in Atlanta and fetishizing Asian women. I'm like, this happens to so many people of color because there's this fantasy of who we are. The whole BBC thing. It, once a dude says that to me, we're done. I, I can't entertain that shit. That, that's like the biggest turnoff. That is the biggest fucking turnoff. And people are just, you know, I, I just don't understand. Like, things just come out of people's mouth. They just think it's okay. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's hot. That is not hot. I don't know who the fuck told you that. I don't know who told you that. And I, I'm concerned about people who buy into those stereotypes. They are, would rather be fetishized and accept that type of treatment from someone than to tell that person to fuck off. 
and I'm I'm on the more of the fuck off side. I'm just like get get away from me. I hate you. You're disgusting. You're a horrible person. You need to fix yourself. I mean that that's how I feel about it. Stepping out of the house and having to deal with shit like that is it, it's frustrating and I'm just refusing to lock myself indoors even though we've been in the house for the past year because of COVID and I want to be able to have these conversations. And so hopefully we can get some guests to come on here and talk about their experiences. Well, I don't speak for all black people and I don't speak for all queer people. So I think it's very important for me to say that as well, because everybody has a different experience and it's just important to explore those and how, how people have changed, how they, they have affected you um, if you're still dealing with it and if you put up with it and why do you put up with it? Why do you feel like it's okay? Or is it just easier to not say anything at all for you versus my perspective of just being like, no, I'm going to tell you about yourself and I can't hold that shit back. I don't know if anybody else agrees like with me about holding something back and then feeling physical, pain, <laughs> physical pain from it. It's just like, I cannot hold this in anymore. I have to say it because if I don't say it, this is going to really just hurt me in a way where I am going to, I'm going to have to call my therapist. <laughs> like, that's basically what it is. It's like, this is causing me pain. Like, I, I can't not say this. And if I don't set this person straight, like, they were hella offensive and hurtful. And, but also giving people a chance to be able to change their behavior too. I think there's something to be said about that. Some people are very good at that. They were very receptive to getting that type of feedback. Like, hey, you said that that was fucked up and you shouldn't say that because of, you know, these three points here. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that. I will not do that again. And they are very receptive to it. There's other people that are not. But I would rather just be the person to be able to speak up. It's not for just other people's benefit, for but for my own as well. And hopefully people can learn that they don't have to put themselves in a box or have to fit into what society deems as normal or tries to dictate as like appropriate or acceptable behavior for a black person or for a queer person or for any other person of color. Um, you know, there, there's norms out there that just kind of fall into different quote unquote lifestyles. And if you don't fit into those, like, oh, like you're like, even like, oh, you're, you're not even gay. Like, you don't like I'm, people, people have said that about just like stereotypical things like, oh, you don't watch this show. You don't do that. Um, I mean, even with the media though, like just building out those perspectives or like those images of what we are. I don't know if anybody remembers, um, uh, Noah's Ark was like a show that came out and it only had like two seasons. And I saw a tweet that was talking about how uh, black love exists, like with same sex male identifying relationships, but we don't see those on TV. We don't, we don't get those images and it, we get them in like small snippets. So like, for example, Pose or like Noah's Ark, but those shows always end and you don't really get to see them in mainstream media. And so, like, people were posting their pictures of, um, of the, you know, the the uh, relationships that they're in with like a black person, um, two black males together, and but you you just don't see it. Like when you look at the other shows, like Love Victor, um, Love Simon, Tales of the City, um, like the queer identified male person is always dating a white dude, and 
I don't think there's anything wrong with dating white people. I'm not saying that. So I want to be very clear with that. I'm an equal opportunity lover. I have dated white people. And I think it's just important to know that you don't have to date a white person. Like that is not the ideal relationship for somebody to be in, even though there are societal norms that have been pushed onto people of color to be able to assimilate into certain societies. So then you date a white person or like if your family is immigrants, like I know that personally, and I'm probably going to have to see if one of my friends would like to come on and talk about that, but they have been told to date white people for whatever fucking reason. I don't get the difference between the two. You can still date a shitty white person, just like you can date a shitty black person or a shitty Asian person. There are people who are just not good for you in general. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. And that's just a fact. So I don't understand how that has become the norm. Like it's it's like, oh, but these people are better. Are they? Why? Like why why are they better? Why are they better? And you know, we're gonna go into more detail about a lot of these things in different episodes. But I'm just giving you just a high overview of the different types of things that get under my skin and my perspective on them and what types of episode uh, topics that we're going to have to go through in these different episodes. Um, and and hopefully, I mean, we can get deep dive into it and, and so that we can find a way to bridge a gap between what society thinks is normal and what is actually normal and what is hurtful versus what society thinks or deems is hurtful towards people of color. So I hope that this first episode, Shades of a Black Boy intro, was able to give you some insight into me, how I operate, and what types of things that we're going to talk about on this show. This might make you uncomfortable. You might just be like, this is not for me. and Or this is too negative, which I've gotten the negative uh, feedback a lot, but I don't think it's so much as negative as it is the truth. And there's something to be said about being a truth teller and and telling your truth. And if it comes off as offensive to somebody else who is holding the cards and wants to dictate your own behavior, they deem it as negative. I don't think that that's the case. I'm trying to get this information out there because I think it's only fair to hear both sides of the story. And so that's what I'm attempting to do here. So I hope you've enjoyed this first episode. I'm literally just ranting and uh, talking into a microphone in my house in the middle of the night. But (laughs) I hope that uh, you did enjoy this first episode. And the theme of this podcast is basically uh, Black, queer, and unapologetic. So I hope that we see you back for episode two of Shades of a Black Boy Rainbow. I am Jojo, and I will talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Black, queer, unapologetic Shades of a, shades of a, shades of a, shades of a Black boy rainbow